Hey guys, today is Sean, and we're back and we have a very special guest. We have Fallon McClure with the ACLU of Georgia. She's here today to talk to us about the Georgia Court of Appeals and the Georgia Supreme Court. Stay tuned for this delective conversation. So the Georgia Supreme Court and the Georgia Court of Appeals are both essentially courts of review. So when people are going through the criminal process or even the civil process and they don't like the outcome, they have the opportunity to appeal their cases. Um, and typically for most type of cases, that first appeal would go to the Georgia Court of Appeals. Now there are certain cases that automatically go to the Georgia Supreme Court. Um, and some of those cases are if it's a criminal case where there is a life sentence, I believe, or or death involved, a death sentence um, or possibility, then those are automatically reviewed by the Supreme Court of Georgia, which is the highest court of the land. Um, another uh, type of case that would go directly to the uh, Georgia Supreme Court is questions about constitutionality of Georgia state statutes. So when our legislature, um, you know, they create the laws and if there is some type of challenge to whether that law is um, constitutional in, in this context under the Georgia you know, state constitution, then that goes automatically to the Georgia um, Supreme Court to review state court consti constitutionality. Right, right. And are the judges to these courts um, elected statewide? Yes. So for both the Georgia Court of Appeals and the Georgia Supreme Court, they are both elected statewide in nonpartisan elections. And what's very important about nonpartisan elections is those happen on the primary ballot. So that means you are voting for these judges typically in May or whenever the primary happens. So they're not on the ballot in November when the majority of people vote. So in all actuality, it's it's a small subset of folks that are voting for some of the most important offices that we have. Well, um, so how would you convince that 18-year-old or just anybody that these uh, offices matter to uh, Georgians' daily lives? I think one important thing to note is just like the federal system, um, we, you know, we have three branches of government here in Georgia and checks and balances are extremely important. And you need essentially not just good people in their morals and values, but good people that follow, um, that follow the laws or are up to changing them when they're necessary, right? And so just as it's important to have um, folks representing you in the state legislature, just as it's important to have good people representing you as the governor, it's important for the, you know, this third branch, this judicial branch, to have good judges, um, whether that's the Court of Appeals, Supreme Court, or on the, the county level as well. Um, because these are, essentially, they're making decisions and determining, um, What's the best word? They're determining law, right? And how it should be applied. And they are either, sometimes they're creating new tests of how we should apply the law. Um, sometimes they are disagreeing with the lower courts and saying, hey, we need to do it this way, or this is a better way. So it's not as easy to see the immediate impact on judicial offices the way that perhaps you know, your municipal city council person and getting your street lights on or the roads paved. But over a long term, it's very important to have the right folks in these races. Um, because 
they can come back and be like, hey, we need to do things better, essentially. Why is it important to uh, educate yourself about the folks running for these seats? It's extremely important because they have six-year terms. Um, so they have six-year terms and uh, there are judicial ethics, right? And so um, judges, because it's a nonpartisan race, you can't just be like, oh, they're a Democrat or a Republican or a third party, um, because they're supposed to be neutral in that sense. But you can um, read up about them and kind of see perhaps what type of angles and things they've taken on cases in the past. Or perhaps um, most judges, by the time they get to the Court of Appeals or Georgia Supreme Court, have been judges on a lower level. Um, are they giving people second chances, right? Um, a chance to uh, be redeemed? Or are they throwing people away, essentially? And um, so it's very important to like look into that. Also, what is happening in Georgia is um, if judges essentially decide to retire early um, before their term is over, then the governor is allowed to appoint judges. And then because there's not as much emphasis on judicial races, typically incumbent judges win outright. There's, it's hard to have competition against them and then it's just really hard for people to know who they should vote for and so they see an I by their name if you're you know being an incumbent and they're like oh we haven't heard anything bad per se about them so we're just going to continue to vote for them so um, it's so important to be educated because a lot of times these incumbent judges have just been appointed a year or two ago by the governor and so they were never like duly elected by the people um, and that's not to say that these judges appointed by governors have an agenda. They might be great people. Um, they might be great jurists, but they didn't have to win an election to get into that spot. How should one go about educating him or herself about these races if it were if we were back in time in uh, June? Let's say. <laughs> Um, so definitely there are a few organizations now that are starting to get more involved in you know judicial races and spread information and one of those is um, um, a subset of Rep Georgia that's called you know changing the face of justice they are starting to put out information on some judges um, as well as like I mentioned previously working for the Working Families Party. Um, they are starting to do some information on some of these judges. Um, to be honest though, it's gonna take real effort um, to, to learn about these judges. Um, also, their, their terms are staggered, so it's not like all, um, all of them are all up at the same time every six years. So it, it typically is like every two years, um, a few of the judges are on the ballot. Um, I think especially for the ones that um, were lower court judges, um, perhaps talking to folks or, or in the community or seeing what in their community was saying about them when they were in, you know, Macon or Augusta or wherever they were, you know, a judge previously um, is a way. But um, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of work. And like I said, even the ones that do have websites and stuff because of the judicial um, sort of canons of kind of neutrality and stuff, there's not a whole lot to glean sometimes. It's gonna take some real digging and some real effort. Uh, does the Georgia Court of Appeals and Georgia Supreme Court, do they represent steps in the judicial process toward the U.S. Supreme Court 
or not. The Georgia Court of Appeals and the Georgia Supreme Court, they are outside of the federal system, but there are certain instances where cases from the Georgia Supreme Court can be um, petitioned to be heard in front of the United States Supreme Court. And for that to happen, it has to be there has to be some type of question of federal like constitutionality. Um, and so in that case, someone can essentially appeal the ruling of the state Supreme Court because they are not the ultimate deciders of federal law. They are the ultimate deciders of state law. Well, is there anything you would like to add? I think a lot of times these things around voting and which offices and when and who are intentionally complicated. <laughs> Um, and especially confusing for folks that aren't dealing with some of these processes in their everyday lives. And so I just want to encourage folks to not get discouraged about it. Um, I went to law school and still sometimes have trouble <laughs> navigating pieces of the system, especially ones that I don't do regularly. Um, when I was in practice, kind of before like really being focused on policy and electoral work, um, I did criminal law. You know, so um, I've been a prosecutor, been a criminal defense attorney. But if you ask me about some stuff in the civil law world, I'm like, I have no idea, right? And so. I just say that to say these things are complicated and I appreciate you all taking the time to help try to break down some of these barriers. Um, and I just want people to not be discouraged. Um, and I would encourage you to, whether it's a primary election or general election or runoff, to go to your My Voter page and get your ballot early. And that way you can see what's on your ballot, you can sit in front of your computer um, and look up people, you have time to call someone and be like, what do you think about this or that? Um, and so that way you don't have to just um, rely on when you're standing in front of that screen. It can be kind of overwhelming when you're looking at this full ballot um, on this, you know, the new bright screens <laughs> that they have for voting. And so I just encourage everyone to take that time and take those few moments. And, and also I encourage you to do that with like your friends, your family, like just really sit down, make a plan for voting for what's on the ballot um, and when you're gonna vote, whether that's gonna be absentee, especially with the new rules around absentee voting and, and when those ballots are coming and you know, the reduction of drop boxes. Um, but whether that's absentee or early on election day, I just encourage everyone to have a plan. Thank you so much for being tuned to our conversation today. Hopefully you learned more about the state office we talked about today. Please don't forget, register to vote, get out and vote. November 8th, your vote makes a difference. Let's let our voices be heard.